Mystery Men released in theaters in 1999, well before the superhero film became as mainstream and popular as it is today. The film did not even recoup half of its budget. It was a flop at the box office and with most critics. Mystery Men was the only comic book movie that came out in that year. In Hollywood's current climate, we get an average of three to four superhero films per year with at least two TV shows as well. Was Mystery Men ahead of its time? There's no question that it's more relevant today. Did it pave the way so that shows like The Boys could thrive? Does it hold up to modern movie standards? On today's episode of Comic Book Cinema, we will explore this and so much more. Strap in, grab your popcorn, as we revisit Mystery Men. We're not your classic heroes. We're the other guys. Mystery Men. You guys have not seen The Boys yet, which is baffling to me. I know I know a little bit about it. I've watched like first three episodes. I knew it was going to be a different type of show when old dude like straight runs through old girl. Yeah, <laughs> oh jumps into a crevice of her body that we will leave <laughs> <Yeah>. anonymous. <laughs> this movie and the guy that plays Captain Amazing in this film gives me Homelander vibes so yes. much. Yeah, I would agree there. And it's really, I mean, I mentioned this in the intro, but it really did pave the way for shows like The Boys. And it was so ahead of its time that I think when it came out, people just didn't get it. Because at that time, we didn't really have that many superhero films. So it was like a parody of movies that we didn't really have a whole lot of at the time. This was the first time I'd actually seen the movie. There were so many. You Thank you. Uh, <laughs> there were so many moments where they would make, specific statements that were from different characters from maybe a superhero movie or even like there was one where blue raja said uh, may the fork be with you so like they would make that reference between different types of characters and i i thought i was gonna loathe watching this film and i'm not gonna say this movie's great but i actually had a good time watching it so I think that that speaks volumes. Someone who's never seen the film watching it 24 years later after it came out and they had a good time with it. You know, you don't always get that. I know that this film holds a special place in your heart, Shane. Yes. You know, I watched this movie like, okay, just to as a explainer. When we were kids, we used to have the movie theater, not movie theater. Well, we had a movie theater too, but there was a, a movie rental place in downtown Macomb. This movie was like one of the movies that we rented a couple of times. Now, mind you, when that was around, I was really young. It was the, for some reason, and I think it probably had something to do with the fact that we didn't have a bunch of superhero movies, but like these guys were like underdog heroes, I guess. The best I could absorb of that as a kid. I liked Ben Stiller because I guess I had seen him in something else when I had watched this movie, but like I'm trying to think to myself, I don't know what I saw him in before that. Happy Gilmore, when he was the guy with the mustache at the nursing home. Sir, um, could I trouble you for a glass of warm milk? It helps put me to sleep. You could trouble me for a warm glass of shut the hell up. To me, I just can't remember what the first thing I saw him in because even I didn't see uh, Happy Gilmore until way later on in life. I know that he was in movies like Dodgeball I watched when I was really young. Mystery Men I would have seen before Dodgeball. He was the bad guy in the movie Heavyweights. Yep. And that might have been the first thing I saw him in because I watched the Heavyweights movie kind of 
Mighty Ducks, Heavyweights, like we had all those movies. Actually, we had those movies because of the uh, rental place. Like we would always rent those movies. So There's something then, about Mary. Yeah, like I feel like I wouldn't have seen that though, just because of how young I was when I saw that. Irrelevant Mystery Men. It, ben Stiller is not only the great thing. K Kale from Keenan and Kale was in it, and I remember there being characters in there that I was like, I know these people from other things. But with that being said, as you get older, it's crazy seeing the cast and the lineup in this movie because I'm like, these people have all done completely different things since this movie came out. I mean, Pee Wee Herman is in that movie. That's crazy. I was, Paul I, Rubens, yeah, yeah. I never connected that when I was younger. It took me till like way later on in life to figure that out. Like that one, the one guy is like on Shameless, and he became like really popular on that. But he was he's done plenty of other things too. Like he was in like the TV series for Honey I Shrunk the Kids, Wild I Hogs. Yeah, he's. I never saw Wild Hogs. Uh, Great movie. I, we were talking about it at work the other day because this movie is one of those movies that always comes back to me going back through it here recently has been like, Oh, well, you know, maybe this movie wasn't as great as I thought it was when I was a kid, but it's still funny to me how all of the just like stupid one-liners, which, you know, typically as I've complained about uh, in previous episodes about some things just being too dumb, like something about that to me was funny because a lot of the stuff is like, Oh, I remember this, like the girl with the, uh, her dad's skull in the uh, bowling yeah. ball weird that is weird they could have made it like some uh ghost rider type stuff where it's really dark and evil but she's just kind of like some chick that you know anybody you would no meet somebody like this like oh okay you know whatever uh, anyway it's just it's funny i don't care for the uh their trainer guy i hate him i hate the guy who's like their trainer it's dude. a weird creepy guy right yeah kind of just pushing a scam really more than anything else which <laughs> yeah. makes it kind of funny Redeemable. his weapons were effective but yeah i wasn't a fan of the actor and i think that he's from a band and i can remember watching some behind the scenes stuff about this movie after i finished it two hours ago yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> the director of this movie was a commercial director this yeah. was his first or second time venturing out of that arena because he was the one that directed the Yo Quiero Taco Bell, those commercials. Yeah. He also directed and made famous the Got Milk commercials in the er or the early to mid-90s. So this was his first time kind of venturing off into Hollywood and dealing with these egos. Apparently, from everything that I've heard, there was a lot of drama on the set. You know, originally it was going to be Danny DeVito that was going to be playing the shoveler. But he backed out because they didn't want to go with his choice of the soundtrack. And then they brought in Ben Stiller, who originally they were going to have him direct the movie. But he decided to not direct. But then he got brought back in as just an actor. And right. apparently a lot of these people did not get along on the set of the film. William H. Macy, the guy that you're talking about that played the shoveler. Ben Stiller, uh, the guy that played Blue Raja. They all clashed, and I couldn't really see this from the film, and I guess it's because I watched it so many times when I was a kid, but apparently there was a lot of different stylistic choices when it came to the humor. They were saying that Ben Stiller's character kind of had a different tone than everyone else in the film, which I didn't get that. There was a lot of drama, and it was so much drama, in fact, that it made this director never come back to a film ever again after this movie. <laughs> And he still directs Super Bowl commercials and big time commercials, but he does not do films anymore. That's crazy. Which is wild. I could probably see, like, if you see Ben Stiller's form of humor, you can see the common thread through anything he's ever done. In saying that, there's different comedic aspects or different actors who are like, it's not my cup of tea. I would rather have different dialogue or whatever. But shifting from that, one of the things that I thought was really interesting about this film, though, if you look it up, you know how we said in the beginning that it was actually a major flop in its time. 
Yeah, but it's, if you look it up on IMDb right now or Rotten Tomatoes, it's still a six point one out of ten. Yeah, so it's it was if, a it achieved cult if, classic status. Do you think if this movie came out today that it would be able to achieve what for us to even be able to talk about it right now? Because the fact that we're talking about it and have appreciation for it, I think, is a feat in and of itself. Like if it came out today, do you think it would disappear? And do you think it would even get sixty percent? The fact that it is kind of a funny type, almost parody, non-serious type thing might could sell it and maybe with good marketing. But like, I guess this is anecdotal, but there's like stuff that comes out all the time on these streaming services. that are like, oh, that's based off some comic book heroes that weren't DC or Marvel. And I'm like, great. You know, like (laughs) I don't care at all. Like I'm not convinced. There's so much of that stuff on the market that I feel like it possibly would go under the radar if that makes sense which in all fairness for a lot of people i'm sure on the planet this goes under the radar but for a a select group of individuals that were a certain age at a time this movie was relevant it's almost like uh if they had different grades of like cult classics like this is a much lower grade than say a pulp fiction or something like that or a rocky horror picture show but it's higher than some though like troll 2 and the toxic avenger things like that i mean it's here's the interesting thing about it Yes, it flopped at the box office, but it also created, not created, but it also elevated All-Star by Smash Mouth. This movie was synonymous with All-Star. The music video for All-Star, did you guys ever see that growing up? Yeah. It had the characters from Mystery Men, you know, the weird girl that you're talking about, Shane, that throws the bowling ball with her dead skull in it is in the video. Like all these characters are in the music video. That's what's interesting about this. This video got all the way up to number four. In the top, you know, 100, I think it was at the time. I can remember seeing this video all the time on VH1, MTV, growing up. If anything, this movie helped make that song popular, which two years later it would be also used in Shrek. I like this movie a lot. It holds a special place in my heart growing up. My parents loved it. They always thought the spleen was so hilarious. And all the characters, really, the shoveler, you know, it's so funny. The shoveler's wife is this no-nonsense type of person, and she pairs so well and makes it such a funny, comedic uh, wife for this individual that wields a shovel at night to go fight crime. I think, Shane, that it would have been a box office smash. Maybe not a smash, but I think that it would have been successful enough to warrant a possible sequel, even though stories like this we see today do better on Amazon as a show rather than being a movie. Yeah, I, th- I say with modern special effects, it would have been a smash hit, Daisy. I'm going to gr- agree with both of you. I think for a movie, I think it would flop because you have the oversaturation of what people now expect comic movies to be. Like you've had so many over the past 15 years. There's a huge expectation. But as you said, I mean, you think about shows, even DC shows. Peacemaker has so many comedic aspects to it self-aware i think a show like this could actually do well on a streaming service like apple plus or something like that in the right hands i think it could actually do well as a type of streaming show do you think we'd have to go with the rated r-rated essential uh thing for it to do well probably Probably, uh, but at the same that's, time, that's a consistency with a lot of these other films. There are a lot of shows and films like that. Is that they're all even Deadpool for as much as I trash on it. That's one of the main things that people love about the fact is because there's you know I mean obviously there's you know a ceiling, but like as far as just the ridiculousness that 
normal degenerate people would laugh about the degenerate side of people would laugh about i don't want to say degenerate people but <laughs> this movie was not really obviously this was many moon ago this was back when they were just come off the heels of getting mad at ninja turtles for being too violent so i understand that this was a different time i guess that makes sense though with the streaming services it doesn't really matter what your rating is you know i probably wouldn't have taken my set i don't have a seven-year-old but if i did i probably still wouldn't have taken him to this movie if i hadn't seen it first you know, so this is still kind of like adult oriented, but it's not, not like anywhere to the same level as what we are exposed to now, willingly yeah. and unwillingly. You know, interesting fact, too. I can remember watching this movie today and thinking to myself, wow, they must have drawn a lot of inspiration from the Joel Schumacher Batman films because it's almost like, you know, the sets and everything look a lot like the Joel Schumacher Batman. Well, fun fact. Some of the sets that were used on this movie were the exact same sets from the Joel <laughs> Schumacher Batman films. <laughs> it's kind of like a kooky and fun like that. Like it's almost like a, you know, cartoony, but it's not at the same time. Do you ever see the movie uh, Idiocracy, I think? Yeah. Like yeah. Kind of how it's like kind of like wacky almost mm -hmm. like a Tim Burton type gig or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's very different. And it was that it's just a product of its time, I think, because. We didn't really have anything else other than the Batman films at that time. So that made sense to me. I thought it was fun how they made the little jab at Superman. There was a lot of jokes to me that worked. Like the little joke where they were like, there's no way that Captain Amazing could be, you know, his secret identity, whatever it was, because he wears glasses. They kept going back and forth with that in the diner. And then he was like, how would he be able to see? <laughs> You know, I thought that was funny. To me, I would say about 75 to 80% of the jokes in this film worked by today's standards, but going back and watching it now, there are some moments and some jokes that are cringy, a little cheesy, and some that just don't work, that just flat out don't work. For me personally, watching it when it came out at the time, it was just a laugh out loud, gut-busting comedy. Yeah. But, but now, you know, as it aged just a bit, you know, it's almost a quarter of a century old. How does that make you guys feel? Thank you. <laughs> I would say that it aged moderately well. I definitely don't have the same feeling for it as I did back then. I guess the nostalgia is definitely still there. It's like, but I just am so like, oh uh, yeah, cool. You know, like this is cool. Whatever. I felt like I had to force myself to like get as far as I did, which was like the last 10 minutes. I just turned it off. But the only reason that I did that uh, was because I had a really good excuse that I'm not going to say on here. But uh, I'm glad that I went back and watched it though, because like I said, it's crazy to see all these actors. That's the main thing I guess that I've had to say about it though, is just the fact seeing all of these people, it's like, Oh man, I've seen this person. Like what's that guy in, you know, like even the guy who played not Homelander, obviously, but the main superhero. Captain Amazing. Captain Amazing. Yeah. I keep wanting to say America, but that's exactly the way that it's like, Oh man, this guy is just like walking promotional tool. And I, that guy, I've seen him in so many different things, but I couldn't tell you what it was that I've seen him in like just over the years. And I looked it up and when I looked it up, he's literally been in like every like TV show for the past, like 15 years, like as, for an episode or two. And it's just funny that, you know, sometimes you find those actors that do stuff like that. But then obviously, like we said, Pee Wee Herman and the handful of other people we already talked about that we've seen in other things. I know I've seen the bowling ball girl in other things. I just don't know what. Yeah. In real life, she's friends with Ben Stiller. And that was the reason that she came aboard. Or I'm sorry, I'll take the reason that Ben Stiller came back as an actor was because she came on board and she didn't come on board until she found out that the guy that plays Casanova Frankenstein but she didn't come on board until she found out that he was going to be involved and William H. Macy, who's the shoveler. So it's kind of like a trickle effect. Once one big name actor came aboard, all the others followed. William seems like a really nice guy in real life. 
Yeah, I'm sure he is. <laughs> he just seems like he would have to be. Like William Defoe, like you, you just want them to be really nice people in real life. He does seem like a good, humble guy. <laughs> <laughs> a real homely fellow. What did you guys think about the Disco Boys? The Disco Boys seemed like kind of an unnecessary push. And by push, I mean like it was unnecessary character inclusion, I guess. Kind of like in the book of Boba Fett, they had the biker gang that yeah. was like super cheesy. A little much. Yeah, I could enjoy the movie just as much if they weren't even in it. You know, and I can remember liking, I like disco music. I'm uh, Shamelessly, I'll admit that. Uh, I love the Bee Gees. Play that funky music. White Boy was in there too by Wild Cherry. I think that that's the only thing that they really brought to the table was the cool music that came along with them. But yeah, like you're saying, they were really cheesy. Part of the reason why this film is not great to me anymore. I thought it was a pretty interesting temperature check just to see the difference in the tide of like society, I guess. As you can say, the way movies are, like this was a, you know, decently sized movie, obviously some big name actors in it. If you just go back to like the cheerleader scene, like or not cheerleader scene, sorry, when they're doing the tryout for like the new member or whatever, and it's just like all the different things that these people were doing and it's just funny like they had this one dude dressed in a tutu whatever and these guys are just like you know and they're like oh man like what you know that's yeah. weird blah 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 and it's just i know i might be buying into it too much but i thought that was and there was something else that was in that scene like they had different people like the, the ditzy girls that started fighting and they're like oh yeah you know like they, yeah they're culturally high. how different yeah. things would be now versus yeah. then like just in that like five minute scene ten minute scene however long like you would have people in an uproar just because of what was in that and it's really not even it's like just a, a piece of the movie. Like it's not even a big deal. And yep. it's kind of funny how like it's the same thing now, but it's like going in a different direction. People still get upset about something that's like 45 seconds of a movie. And it's like, oh, they make 30,000 hours of content online about it. And then it's like it's next week. It doesn't matter because it was just a part of the movie. That's a cute outfit. Did your husband give it to you? Watching Ben Stiller and them like they're like about that. You think that they're, you know, in reality, if these guys were anybody else, they when they pull up on this guy's limo in the tunnel way or whatever. That was a fun they, scene. Yeah. They pull up on the guy and they like, all right, well, you know, it's like, they don't take him to jail or anything. They just destroy his car. <laughs> and like, they're all doing damage. And Ben Stiller is just throwing a hissy fit on top of the car. Just like, <laughs> yeah, like getting mad. They're like, all right, dude, come on. We, we beat up his car. Like, and it's just like almost like a double entendre of not that big of a deal. Like they're just beating up his car. This guy's got a gun that he's trying to shoot them with. And his boys are trying to shoot him too. And they're like, yeah, I threw my bowling ball through your window. You know, like, I don't know. It, it's stupid, but it's funny because, you know, you just want to do what the shoveler says because he's such a nice guy. Like he's <laughs> is such a sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, you brought up that recruitment scene. Fun fact, if you guys didn't pick up on it now, I definitely didn't pick up on it in 1999. Because nobody knew who Dan Cook was. Yes. But yes. the Waffler, Waffler. Was Dan Cook. Like I said, nobody would have known who Dan Cook was then. But you know what we should do? We should get some shirts made that say Shoveler for president. That's what we should do. <laughs> Very trustworthy I, guy. I support it. But I don't see, I haven't watched Shameless. I've just watched, like, noticed it's been on like half the time I've been alive. <laughs> and like, I don't know, he looks like a wild boy in that show. So, like, the Shoveler might not be the guy anymore. It might be like whatever that guy is. <laughs> And that, that might be like a huge turnoff to whatever this dude was in this movie. He looks like he, he does all kinds of illicit things. So basically what we can take away from this film is it aged a little poorly. William H. Macy, very trustworthy guy. And the Disco Boys suck. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys had to rate this film, 
on a scale from zero to 10, zero being awful, unwatchable, don't want to even talk about this film anymore, and 10 being perfect, where would you put it? We'll start off with you, Daisy. I guess I'm just going to put it kind of middle of the road. I would put it at a five just because I actually enjoyed it. I'm not going to say it made my life any better and I need I need it in my collection, but at the same time, I really enjoyed it, so I'm not going to completely discredit it. Yeah, I got it in my collection. There you go. What you think, Shane? I've been on this show enough now to know to start getting a little bit better at the criteria. And this is just based off of, you know, knowing that you have this thing that's like, you know, 600 miles long of like movies that you have rated on your, your list. <laughs> what there. are you talking about, Shane? Yeah. I, don't, I don't do anything I, like that. As I say, yeah. And you all, every time it's inspirational to me to care. Like I... <laughs> Like it's inspirational to me to wish that I cared about something that much. I always have wanted to do that with like rap albums that I've actually know that I've listened to in their entirety, but I don't, I say all that to say I'm trying to get in the concept of like, well, if I know that I'm going to rate infinity war at like a 9.5, then you know what I'm saying? Or something, let's just as an example, if I'm going to do that, then clearly I can't give this thing like a 7.5 because it is far lower and I don't want to be a fence rider as much as I used to, because used to, I'd be like, yeah, I'd give this movie a 7.5, you know, so it's, I'm not being a hater, but like my threshold is actually, I don't give anything lower than five. So I'm going to have to give the movie 5.5. And most of that is from nostalgia. And cause you know, watching it again or whatever, it's cool. It's awesome. You know, it's fun. I, I like the fact that I've, you know, I always like any movies when you go back and watch them, you know, like black Hawk down, you go watch that and see all the people in that movie that you didn't realize were in it. And you're like, wow, this is crazy. Hardly relevant yep. to this, but that's how I felt about this. But also, it's not like we had Denzel Washington and Will Smith and Jim Carrey all in this movie or anything. These are, you know, I don't really care that much about a lot of these guys beyond this movie, but it is still cool to see that. Yeah, Ben Stiller, it was fun to see him in this movie. And I think I'm on the same same wavelength as you, Shane. This movie would be ranked a lot lower had it not held such a space, special place in my heart as a kid yeah. growing up. You know, watching this movie countless times with the family. I have it ranked at a 4.5. Kick-Ass 2 is the last five on my list. Yeah. And I couldn't quite put it above that. Even though yeah. it's the sequel, Kick-Ass 2 is still a really good movie. And it's also one of the films that arguably this movie paved the way for. Because it's one of those self-aware parodies of the superhero genre. Still based off a comic, just like this film is also based off of a comic that's lesser known. It's a Dark Horse comic that came out in the 80s. I think it's still going, if I'm not mistaken. It's right above The Eternals, which is also a 4.5. I could sit through this film easier than I could watching The Eternals again. Yeah. Because when I tried to watch The Eternals, it's probably the only MCU film that I tried to watch for a second time. And I had trouble staying focused and wanting to watch the whole thing through. Also, it doesn't help that it's a long movie. But yeah, yeah, that's where we're at. I have it at a 4.5. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Check out the socials of the Comic Book Cinema. Check out the socials of Daisy and Shane. And until next time, comic book movie fans, have a great day.